You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. How's your brackets? Ours aren't very pretty. Except for Fritzy. Right now, he's in fifth place in the Celebrity Bracket Challenge. I did lose Auburn, and I almost lost Arizona. Thank you, Todd. Well, Nobody cares. <laughs> this is one of those where somebody talks to you about their uh, fantasy team, yeah. and, and you go, I don't care. Because somebody's, oh, I got him in fantasy. How many fantasy leagues are you in? Four. You should have everybody then. Tell me about when you lose. Tell me about your brackets. It's like when you gamble. Nobody ever says, man, did I get roughed up. They're always like, yep, yeah, I had him. I had him minus the two. So Todd telling us about his bracket. I don't care. Couldn't even feign interest for no, a second for me. No, I couldn't fake it either. Uh, you know the Banks family, but not like this. From executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios, Bel Air is streaming now on Peacock. New episodes every Thursday. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. Best and worst of the weekend, as we always do every Monday, 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator, Tyler, standing by. Seat and update the poll results from the first hour, and are we going to stay with that second hour? Well, right now, Dan, how do you think uh, people are voting? Did North Carolina's Brady Manic deserve to be tossed from the mm. game against uh, Baylor? I don't know how this audience is going to respond to that. 66% say no. Yeah. I didn't think he should have been tossed from the game. You want to give him a foul, then fine. But uh, tossing him from a game, felt like that it was a physical game to begin with. And I think that they sort of let them play. And, uh, you know, you'll play in accordance to what the officials will let you get away with. And I think that he was playing with that mentality, and it cost him. Yeah, see. Uh, we could switch it up, to How about this one? Um, I don't have this fully thought out yet, but uh, the biggest storyline from the tournament this weekend was mm. Coach K's not done. Uh, you have St. Peter's, a great Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the officiating, got a bunch of big upsets. Yeah. What other storylines am I missing there? Um... We have four double-digit seeds going to the Sweet 16. Yeah, Paul. The ref anger on social media was was overwhelming this weekend. I mean, people who are very casual at basketball, like, were thought the refs were inept. Yeah. Globally, like not like all the games, not just a couple games. And I did wonder if anybody could get through because we get a lot of phone calls here, and uh, if there was an official referee could tell me like why you do it, because you you're always going to lose. When, when you're an official, it feels like you're somebody not going to be happy with you. That, that there's a win and a loss for the coaches or the players. I don't know how many times somebody has said to an official, hey, great job today. I don't know how often that happens. That both sides would go, hey, great job today. They don't get that. Somebody's mad at you. Uh, Nick in Kentucky joins us on this topic. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind? Oh, just trying to weigh in on the topic. Like you said, I'm a... I've coached and refed high school soccer and then competitive soccer uh, in the youth level as well. And it's just, you would think that I would learn personally that <laughs> yelling at referees doesn't help, but still continue to do it. But they do just have a kind of a tough job. And especially on the youth level, I've noticed that one, one reason I do it is because they have such a hard time finding referees and same with high school soccer. You see emails all the time and, but at the same time, parents are just getting worse. Uh, I mean, just with what Russell Westbrook's dealing with, you know, hearing it from all the fans. And it's a hard job. I don't understand. I mean, I think that refereeing in this country is going to get 
going to be in desperate need for a while if things don't change a little bit. I mean, I had to cancel a youth soccer game because someone called me a raggedy A female dog. So it was uh, right in the middle of the game. Just it's like, all right, that's enough, guys. So, All right. Thank you, Nick. Wow. You know, you hear, and usually it's the parents that, that ruin everything. You know, the kids are fine. Like The kids play. It's the parents who get involved in this. That's why I always stood in center field when my son played. I didn't want to be involved in anything. There were no bad calls that if my son struck out or whatever it might be. I just didn't want to be part of it. Um, but there are a lot of parents who live vicariously through their kids. And I feel bad for the officials because they are out there. And it is hard to find officials, referees now in all these sports, in particular youth sports. All right, uh, we say good morning to our radio affiliates, Fox Sports Radio, and this is the number one listen-to sports radio show in America. Thank you. Uh, at DP Show, at DP Show on Twitter. You can email. You can also dial us up, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. Did spend a lot of time talking about the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, as they move forward with this. But the disappointing part, I mean, there's a lot of disappointing parts in this. You just see that... People who, they're grown-ups, and they're falling all over themselves to sign Deshaun Watson. And we don't even know how long he's going to be suspended. We don't know what is going to come out. But I don't think any of those teams care. Right? Billionaires are used to getting what they want. Hey, that's okay. I'll deal with the consequences. As long as we're winning, we got our quarterback. But here's the thing that changed, I think, a lot in uh, the Deshaun Watson situation, his agent started talking about new money, guaranteed money, and reworking his contract. And I think that's when the Cleveland Browns realized that maybe he doesn't want to come here, but we're willing to give him whatever he wants. And the Cleveland Browns put out statements. They did their background work, their due diligence. They did everything except for the one thing that... That's where I throw the BS flag on them. You don't even reach out to the attorney who's representing these 22 women, Tony Busby. I at least want to know, like, is, is there going to be another bombshell? Is there anything here? Granted, you know, no criminal charges, but even some of these salacious details that could come out in a civil lawsuit, I would want to know, what am I looking at? Yeah, I got a great quarterback. I paid a lot for him. I gave up a lot for him. I don't want anything else to come out. But Cleveland Browns, the owner, the GM, the coach, they all said they did their extensive background work here. But nobody called Nobody called the lawyer for these women. Right? He's going to be suspended. That's why he restructured his deal. He makes a million dollars this upcoming season. I mean, if, if he's not suspended, I'd be shocked here. But he makes $1 million, then he makes 46, 46, 46, 46. He actually improved his bargaining power. And he missed an entire season. But, hey, Cleveland, he's yours. Congrats. Yeah, see. It really is just like one of the most puzzling things I could think of in recent memory. Yeah. How this has all played out. Yeah. I, I mean, you look back in the last year, 
it's been almost uh, 16, 17 months with all of this. And uh, remember when he said he wasn't going to play for the Texans, and then we found out what was going on, and then all of a sudden, last February, the Texans and Deshaun Watson and probably the NFL were like, okay, he's not playing. We're going to pay you $10 million. And I just go, okay, good. And here he is. Browns fall all over themselves. Like, they want a grown-up. Just, you know, you hear that. Granted, Baker Mayfield's immature, right? He's been immature. But he's not a criminal, and he cared. He played through pain. He shouldn't have, but he he was worried about getting that next contract. And here you go. Your adult that you're bringing in, because you're looking for an adult at that position, reportedly, is Deshaun Watson. I don't know Deshaun. He's been on the show a couple of times. Once in college, and then we had him one time, I think, when the Super Bowl was in Houston. Chill guy, low-key guy, I don't know anything about him. I'll just tell you what I've told you before, just to reiterate. I have two friends who played in the NFL. One played for 13 years, one played for nine. And they both told me separately over the weekend when I said, how many massage therapists did you have in your career? And they both said, one. One. Having 22 is a pattern of something. Could he write a check and it all goes away? Absolutely. But to that point, I will say the following. You know who's going to pay for those civil lawsuits with those women? The Cleveland Browns will. They gave him a raise. They gave him guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson's not paying this. Cleveland Browns are. All right. Phone calls here. We'll talk to Tom Izzo. He uh, lost to Coach K and Duke yesterday, but uh, Coach, who has a great relationship with the show, will join us coming up. Carson Palmer will join us. We'll talk about uh, what's next for Baker Mayfield. There's talk. You know, you start to look at Baker Mayfield, and I go, okay, is he better than Daniel Jones in New York? Yes. Is he better than Jared Goff in Detroit? Yes. Is he better than whoever is going to be in Indy? Yes. Is he better than Mitchell Trubisky? Probably. Is he better than Mac Jones? Yeah. But how much is he going to cost me after this year? You know, Trubisky cost you very little. You know, could you put him into Seattle? Could I put him in Indianapolis? What kind of bargaining power does he have? What can he ask for? He might just have to go in and say, all right, I'm going to show you I'm a franchise quarterback, and this is my contract year. I don't know what you give up for him, because if you're the Colts or the Seahawks, what do you want to give up for him? Not much. Cleveland doesn't want him, and he's going to be in a contract year. Yeah, Paulie. The guy I'm kind of curious about today is a guy no one talks about, Matt Ryan. After what happened last week, I wonder if he's one of those guys who says, eh, maybe I should go somewhere else. He doesn't seem like a trade demand pound, you know, do an announcement on social media guy. But I wonder if Atlanta considers moving on from Matt Ryan because they were about to anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm Indy, I would love to get Matt Ryan. I'd love to have that veteran in there, still has something left, better arm than Phillip Rivers. And that team... You know, I thought that they were a playoff team, and then they folded those last two games, lost to the Raiders and uh, Jags, I think. But, you know, 
the market for Baker Mayfield, I don't know how strong it is. I don't know what you can get for him if you're Cleveland, or maybe it's just addition by subtraction. Uh, Don in Michigan. Hey, Don, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan, thanks for taking my call. First time, long time, 11, tough 205. I was calling, best of the weekend was uh, actually drinking a tasty brew from Tox Brewing there in New London, Connecticut. It was great. And worst of the weekend was watching the Spartans fall to Duke. Uh, It was tough. Duke has a bunch of great players, uh, executed down the stretch, and definitely deserved to win the game. With that being said, the college basketball officiating, Dan, my goodness, when is it going to get better? Watching that Baylor-UNC game, it was out of control. It was awful, tough to watch. Uh, There's no flow to the game, and it's just awful. And then uh, the block charge stuff. I mean, that's getting ridiculous too. I mean, they're going to the monitor to see if a guy's feet are inside or outside the circle. You know, all I'm asking for, Dan, is a little bit of consistency. What you call in the first half, call in the second half. And I would just love for you to ask Izzo just how he remains somewhat composed with these <laughs> I, officials. I mean, that Bo Borowski, I mean, yeah. I just... Uh, it's it's tough to watch. For good radio, would be to get Tom Izzo and Bo Borowski on the show together at the same time. I'd love to hear that interview. It's All good. right. Well, thank you, Don. Yeah, you know, Coach Izzo's been around a long time, but he was animated on the sidelines. Like, he just started laughing sometimes. But if, if I'm looking at Arizona TCU and the play at the end of regulation and no foul was called, at the end of the first half, it feels like that call would have been made, that there would have been a a foul called on Arizona. I don't like games to come down to that, but you're supposed to call it as you would in the first half and and you would do in the second half. Yeah, Paul. This referee is a gentleman named Bo Borowski. He's been doing college basketball for a long time. Uh, Some people yesterday on change.org put together a (laughs) petition to investigate and consider the removal of Bo Borowski from, from his position as a Big Ten official. 4,000 people have signed it. No offense. I'm just reporting. By the way, the Falcons, they fielded trade calls the last couple of days with Matt Ryan. This according to Ian Rappaport. Today is the deadline to make a decision as Ryan will earn $7.5 million roster bonus from Atlanta. If he's on the roster at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, he gets that. It'll be either a trade or back to Atlanta. Uh, possibly a sweetener. He has two years at about $54 million left on his contract. That's not bad. If I'm the Colts and I get him for two years, but I don't know, I, 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 you know, have we seen his best work? Yeah, we probably have. But is that still good enough for, would you rather have Matt Ryan for two years or Baker Mayfield? I got Matt Ryan at 36. Be turning 37. I would take Matt Ryan right now. And I don't know if Seattle just looks at Baker Mayfield and says, hey, we're kind of in a rebuild. Let's see what we have. Roll the dice here. And they're used to having an undersized quarterback there. So you just swap out Russell Wilson and uh, you bring in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Paul. Last year on a subpar roster, uh, Matt Ryan threw for 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 12 picks. That's one of the worst seasons of his career from a production standpoint. Not quality, but like the numbers. I would take I'd take a swing if I'm Indianapolis. I I I think it's an upgrade. 
And well, it certainly is over Carson Wentz, but you got a good line, good running back. You know, make sure you have enough weapons there for him. You got a good defense there. Playing in the AFC South, you got the Titans you're going to have to deal with there. Jags are improving. And then you got the Texans. All right, we'll take a break. Tom Izzo, Michigan State head coach, on coaching against Coach K yesterday. More phone calls as well. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. Spring swing heating up. Top players on the PGA Tour head to the WGC Dell Technologies match play. That'll be Saturday 2 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. Michigan State lost again to Duke. I think that's the fifth time Coach K has defeated Michigan State in the tournament. Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo joining us on the program. Were you aware of that number, Coach, that uh, Coach K has uh, ousted you five times in the tournament? Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of all those numbers. <laughs> you don't know any of the wins, but you know all the losses. Yeah. <clears throat> what could you have done differently? Well, the game plan was not to let them get into the paint. Um, and they drove us to death at the end. I thought we did a poor job of of uh, taking away the paint in the last five minutes of the game. And they got in there and got fouled, made some tough layups. Other than that, I thought we played awfully well, to be honest with you. They're a very talented team, good team. Um, we did a decent job. We just couldn't finish the job. Conversation with Coach K. Uh did you talk pregame or just postgame? You know, we talked pregame for a minute, but nothing about anything that's uh, relevant. And then a little bit after, but maybe a little more in the hallway after the press conference, you know. And uh, I mean, uh, you got to respect what he's done. And I appreciate what he's done for basketball and definitely for Duke. But uh, during the game, it was all about uh, wanting to win. And both guys wanted to win. And he did. For the fifth time on the seventies, <laughs> as you as you remind me, I know I, I I should have I should have started with something more like, "Hey, man, boy, that was a great coaching effort yesterday." And instead, I lead with the negative. So my bad. Well, though. we're two and two in the last four, so you could have led with that. But I don't blame <laughs> you. I uh, I said that's uh, that's been a nemesis for me that I haven't been able to take care of, and now I won't get that chance again. But when it, does it enter your mind at all during the game that this could be Coach K's last game and you're going to take him out? I, I think more before the game than, than during. During the game, it's just, you know, as they say, once the ball's tossed, all those things are forgotten. Um, I thought about it in the last 20 seconds when we were down six and they were shooting free throws. But other than that, uh, didn't think about it during the game. You were pretty animated 
Like you were laughing. I don't know if you were laughing to avoid being angry at the officiating, but the, the, the camera caught you laughing a few times. Your head was on the scores table one time. What, what are you thinking about there uh, with the officiating? Oh, God. Are you trying to get me fined? I have to borrow money from you. I don't think no, you can get was, fined for this. I thought it was a pretty well-officiated game. I, I, I thought there was one stretch when there were three calls in a row in the same possession. Um, that bothered me. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I don't care. I got, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a home court advantage for them, you know, playing right in their backyard. And, and uh, but, uh, well, that's all I'll say about that. Well, they can't fine you if you say something like the officials were terrible in that game. Oh, uh, they weren't terrible. Uh, they were just, uh, there were times. Uh, inconsistent. Just, yeah, there was a little inconsistency, uh, you know, but um, I wouldn't say the officials cost us the game. Uh, we didn't take care of business. He had a five-point lead with under five minutes. Um, but I, I think where, where Duke really did a good job when they got beat by North Carolina at the end of that game, I thought they just settled for threes and were firing the ball all over. And in our game, they didn't at all. One kid hit a big three, but other than that, um, they drove the ball, got to the free throw line, and that's what you do. Uh-oh, that's the NCAA. No, uh, I got rid of them. Okay. Yeah, you don't need to hear from them. That, that, that might be a $5,000 phone call. No, right now I don't think the NCA does much. You know, they don't, uh, <laughs> there's not. Uh, I think they're afraid I'll sue them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the NCAA does much of anything. When do you look at the game film of of the loss to Duke? I did at uh, eleven o'clock last night on the way home. I watched the whole game. Oh and, boy! Uh, but then I'll watch it today. You know, and just so it's fresh in my mind, and then uh, then move on. You know, either try to figure about who you're going to recruit or who's transferring or which portal you're going to go into or who's going to pay somebody or all the good new rules that we have today <laughs> that I can't stand personally. But the game has changed so much. I mean, you talked about some of these things with the portals, but, but just the philosophy that everybody thinks they're Steph Curry. How do you as a coach encourage or discourage somebody from taking those, those threes? You know, uh, that is a fine line because I think every kid now, if you're seven foot, uh, there's no such thing as being inside. Everybody wants to be a shooter. Um, the problem is there's not many Steph Currys. And uh, I like the way Draymond does it out there. He knows he's not Steph Curry, so he just gets Steph Curry the shots. And yet trying to encourage somebody in college to do that is is a little uh, more difficult. Well, it might be as hard to find a Draymond Green as it is a Steph Curry when you think about it. I think it's harder. I, I think that's a great point. You know, even in your point guards, you know, getting guys that make other players better, as Magic would say, is harder. Everybody wants to make themselves better. So uh, that's one of the challenges we have. And if you don't score more points, you don't get as much NIL money. If you don't get more uh, rebounds, you don't get as much NLI money. So, um, kids have different uh, reasons now to do things that make it a little more difficult and why I think you're seeing some coaches stepping down. Tom Izzo, 54 tournament wins, eight Final Four appearances, ranks fifth all-time, and uh, winning percentage in the tournament just over 70%. 
as a third behind Coach K and John Calipari. What do you do differently in the tournament? There's certain coaches we talk about. Certainly you're one of those where we go, oh, Michigan State NCAA tournament. You know that Izzo is going to do. Jay Wright's another guy that comes up. But I know you have to have talent, but there's something. Is there anything you're doing differently as, as opposed to the regular season? You know, Dan, I think you develop a culture where kids start believing that, you know, even though it's not true. I mean, uh, I said our fans think I golf, you know, November, December, January, and then start working <laughs> in February and then, you know, do something in March. That's not true. But um, I think some of it's the culture, the former players, you know, everybody just has this belief. And uh, I got to get them to start believing that in December. That's my next goal. So, this year, I'm going to try to work the whole six months instead <laughs> of one month. Um, you're tied with Coach K for the most consecutive NCAA tournament appearances at 24. I'm, I'm rooting for you to beat him next year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and maybe I can since he will not be there. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, I think I'm three and – 13. I mean, you would probably have the stat there because you're a stats guy. Yeah, right? you're you're 3 and 13 against Coach K all the time. But yeah. I but I was not bringing that up. I gave you a positive. I told you about the eight final four appearances. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, we got that in 27 years. He's got 12 and 42 years, so I guess I'm still in range of that one. But uh oh, he's earned everything he's gotten, you know, and and yet I think we've uh we've done some incredible things here. With uh, some to go, Dan. We're gonna. We're not done yet. The is that green shag carpeting that you have there? It's not shag. I mean, we're not in the seventies. Okay. when you were in college. We're in. Uh, you know, it's it's very cut pile. Okay. Is it like astroturf? <laughs> it should be. You know, I'm a football fan, so maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I'll change the astroturf. Maybe we'll get a little tougher. Are you a are you a Lions fan? Well, I am because I'm in this state, but I grew up a Packer fan. I live 90 miles from Green Bay, and uh, everybody in the UP where I'm from is a Packers fan. Did you ever uh, meet Bart Starr or Brett Favre? I did, you know, because of my buddy Mariucci. Bart Starr came up to our golf outing in the UP a couple times. He was great. And Brett Favre came once or twice, and I got a chance to meet him, too, through Mariucci. But... uh, those guys were great. Haven't met Aaron Rodgers yet, but uh, maybe someday. Well, he's there for maybe another couple of years. So maybe you, why, why don't you go to a game? Oh, I've gone to a couple Packer games. Um, yeah, because you take September, October, November, and December off, so you could go uh, to a lot of games there, Coach. <laughs> uh, you're so right. Um, <laughs> but I, I do. Uh, Matt LaFleur is a guy that, Spent a lot of time in the state of Michigan as coach. So I do get over there. In fact, talk to Matt during the playoffs. So I hopefully I'll, I'll get over there at one of his uh, summer workouts. When does your voice sound smooth? You know, it's been really good this year, but I didn't get much sleep. And to be on the Dan Patrick show, yeah. I said, I don't care if I got up, got to bed at <laughs> four in the morning, I'm getting up early. Who's got the, the worst coaching voice? Worst coach, Bob Huggins. <laughs> Bob's got to have the worst voice. Uh, or I tell Bob he looks the worst. So <laughs> you don't want to get him angry, though. Uh, I love Bob. He's 
He's one of the good guys in the profession. Doc Rivers has a voice that has never yeah. changed, right? That That's a coach's voice. You know what? Doc does, and uh, Doc's been a good friend, too. I coached in the Goodwill Games with him a few years ago, and uh, he does a great job, and he's got a great voice, and he's always tired, too, because how would you like to do that for no. 90 games no. like they do? No way. Uh, hey, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for uh, getting up and joining us, and uh, – there's always next year, right? Thanks, Dan. Maybe Thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll get together with those Dayton Flyers sometime. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dayton should have been in. I agree. Yeah, that was disappointing. After, you know, a year ago where they could have won it all with uh, Obi Toppin in that team. They might have been really as good as anybody. Uh, thank you, Coach. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Tom Izzo. I appreciate that. A couple of phone calls here. You know, it's tough after a loss. Of course, I lead with the, uh, hey, isn't this the fifth time Coach K is not exactly uh, a welcoming mat there. Uh, let's see. This news in, and this is this is not a surprise. It shouldn't be if you listen to this program, because I told you this probably back in October. Uh, this is from The Athletic. Zion Williamson not expected to return to play this season. But he is making progress towards on-court work. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. But it is smart to shut him down, and I thought they were going to shut him down uh, in December, just announced that he's not coming back. The other story to keep an eye on is Ben Simmons. This isn't Ben Simmons overcoming a mental block to be able to come back. This is the physical part of this. He's got back issues. There are a couple of injuries. If you have feet or a back injury, those are the ones that are now, I will say shoulder if you're a quarter, quarterback, but you know, those are the things that stay with you. And, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, they're not sure. Not sure if he's going to be able to play, how much he'll be able to play, but that's a big deal too to keep an eye on because the Nets need him if they're going to challenge for a championship. But Zion Williamson is not going to play the rest of the year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul in Minnesota. Hi, Paul. What's on your mind today, bud? Dan, I've got uh, best of the weekend and worst of the weekend all rolled up in the same issue. All right. Uh, best of the weekend, Carlos Correa signing a three-year deal with my Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Worst of the weekend, he can opt out after the first year. <laughs> I mean, no, I think it's second year. I, I think it's two years there, Paul. Thank you, though. He can opt out after the second year. As far as guaranteed money or salary, I think he's like fourth or fifth in baseball. And uh, there was an interesting stat about Carlos Correa. I thought the Yankees were going to get him. Like, I always think the Yankees are the Dodgers. And it doesn't feel like the Yankees are getting people with the regularity that we've come to expect. I think Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager, is going to join us later on this week. But, uh, you know, Carlos Correa has more postseason victories than the entire Minnesota Twins organization has. If you look at all the playoff wins he had in uh, Houston, I think it's 45, and he has more wins than uh, the Minnesota Twins have as a franchise. But, uh, you know, Carlos Correa, two years that he can opt out, but uh, some big-time money there. Uh, Let's see. Nathan in San Antonio. Hey, Nathan, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan, six feet, 205. All right. Just want to chime in on the uh, 
you asked why do we officiate games. I do uh, youth and adult basketball leagues, and the youth sports is fun. You get to teach the kids. You get to see them grow, even build relationships with some of the kids, some of the parents around the uh the, you know, the weekend AAU circuit. So it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great way to stay close to the game. I used to play, but, you know, can't do anymore. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a benefit. Of course, you get to make a little extra money on the weekends. That helps you. And you get yelled yeah. at. Yeah, but, you know, uh, as you get yelled at, you get to know those people. And, you know, you, you build those relationships over time. They trust you. They understand you. You get to teach people stuff they didn't even know. Oh, that's a rule I didn't know. So, you, you know, it's great that way. Now, the adult leagues, different deal. Remind you, Dan, we're in Texas. A lot of refs that I know that do the adult leagues, let's just say they don't come in there empty-handed. They, they're prepared They're prepared for the worst. Wait. But here's, wait. They, they're, yeah. they're, they're packing? They have yeah. A... yeah. 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 Yeah, Dan. They bring a gun? It, the adult, man, these guys are trying to live out their dreams. They think they're going to get a contract if you don't officiate that game right. Yeah, Dan, it gets it gets crazy. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thank you, Nathan. Yeah, Paul. I wouldn't call a foul on anybody. <laughs> hey, 60-minute game, no fouls called. Let's Play on. on. Play on. Yeah. Play on. No, that's clean. That's clean. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but he's bleeding. That, I, that's all right. Yeah. Act, uh, incidental contact there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Our stats of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Right on cue, Iowa State was 2-22 and last year. Iowa State surpassed the 1998 Ohio State Buckeyes, who went 8-22 the previous season, as the team with the lowest winning percentage the previous year to reach the Sweet 16. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. We will give you our best and worst of the weekend. I just saw this from The Athletic. Multiple sources told The Athletic that former Jags coach Urban Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the NFL, including Debo Samuel, Jamal Adams, and Aaron Donald. Urban Meyer reportedly said the following, Who's this 99 guy on the Rams? I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. How, how is that... How's that possible? It's Mahomes, Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes is his name? Mahomes? Oh. Uh, who's this 99 guy on the Raiders? <laughs> Could you... the Raiders leave? What the? <laughs> Are the Raiders? They're not in Los Angeles? What? They're not in Oakland? What the heck? I thought the Rams are in St. Louis. This Wait, is... Barry Sanders doesn't play for the Lions anymore? <laughs> we got to prepare for Brett Favre and the Packers. Uh, he hadn't been there in a while, Coach. How is that? Okay. Could Urban Meyer have been joking? There's how many teams in Los Angeles now? <laughs> Who's this 99 guy on the Rams I'm hearing he might be a problem for? That, <laughs> now, that's multiple sources. <sighs> Dang, that's impossible. 
Yeah. And none of those multiple sources supposedly said he said tongue in cheek in yeah. parentheses. There's none yeah. of that. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Todd, I'm going to start with you. Okay, I think Jeff in Detroit mentioned this earlier. Uh, Michigan, not only for taking down the 3C Tennessee, but Wolverines head coach Jawan Howard's comforting and emotional Kennedy Chandler of the Vols after the game. I thought that was a really special moment. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Worst of the weekend, I'm giving it to the Baylor Bears. The one seed defending national champions, no business falling behind by 25 to North Carolina. Impressively fought back without Brady Manick to force overtime, but ultimately eliminated. Can't even get to the Sweet 16. Uh, Seton O'Connor, best and worst. I don't mean to go double negative, but I'm going to go worst and worser, okay. actually. Um, my worst, the Big Ten and SEC in the tournament this year, Ouch. not doing well. Ouch. Very, very poor performance for both of them. Yeah. My worser, though, is the call against the uh, Illinois guard, uh, R.J. Melendez. Holy smokes. He was hanging. He went. He had a fast break for a dunk. You know, when the, the players are running, their, their momentum takes their legs out, and then have, they usually hang on the rim until they come back down. He basically just did that. He was on the rim for, I think, like two seconds maybe, mm-hmm. and they teed him up for that. What a garbage call. Yep, it was bad. Marvin, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, best of the weekend, little local, my alma mater, East Hartford High, the women's, the girls' team, state champs, basketball, won last night, Mohegan Sun. So congrats to them. And uh, worst of the weekend, same as Seton. R.J. Melendez, that technical foul, garbage. So bad. By the way, in an hour from now, Marvin gets a pie to the face as we officially welcome him in as a Danette as he will get a pie to the face. Fritzy will do the honors because Marvin had his UConn Huskies going to the uh, Sweet 16. Paulie, best and worst of the week. Kind of awkward. I was going to do that team that Marvin likes in uh, East Hartford, but yeah. now they're off the table. <laughs> yeah. um, women's basketball, Then the Baylor Bears, a powerhouse, got beat by the South Dakota Coyotes or Coyotes, whatever. They won 61-47. And I'm going to jump on Seton's bandwagon with that one. There was three hanging on the rim calls at least over the weekend. It almost felt like there was a directive or something because they were yeah. pretty casual. I wonder if someone told the officials, hey, we're going to stop this because that's three more than any other tournament. Yeah, I thought the same thing, that it might have been, you know, just uh, an edict that, hey, we're not going to put up with this. Fritzy has a limerick about uh, March Madness, the NCAA tournament. So here we go, Todd. Well, you thought that you could hack it, that in your pool you'd make a racket. Now it looks like you won't get any shares. Thanks, Vols, Wildcats, Tigers, Badgers, and Bears. Welcome to the club of busted brackets. All righty. That's Todd's limerick. Todd, by the way, wrote a limerick for a couple getting married in Ireland. And uh, you sent that to them? I did. And the, they're asking the priest to recite the limerick Absolutely. when they get married. They're going to get video of it and send it to us so we can use it for the yeah, show. It's I, very cool. I want to get the video. Can uh, we hear the limerick or is it private? I don't think it's private. I just need a minute or two to find it because I have it somewhere in my email, but I'll be glad to share it. Okay. Barry in Long Island. Hi, Barry. What's on your mind? Good morning, fellas, and good morning, chat row. Uh, best of the weekend, as I'm uh, cruising through Ohio and Indiana on my uh, Seton road trip, listening to both the Mets and the Islanders, uh, courtesy of uh, satellite technology with no static at all. Worst of the weekend, no bacon on the breakfast buffet at Terre Haute. However, by lunchtime, I will be in Kansas City, Elbow deep in barbecue. All right. Well, thank you, Barry. Terra Haute, by the way, not Terra Hot. <laughs> Terra Terra Haute. I've been there. It uh, gave us uh, Larry Bird. Terra Haute. Todd, have you found your limerick yet? I did find it. Okay. Let's. Uh, this is for a couple. This is. Uh, can you do it in an Irish accent? That would be tricky. I could if you want me to. 
Uh, then do just Dr. Phil. It all, if all else fails, it could be Marge from The Simpsons. How about Marge from The Simpsons? This is for the couple getting married in Ireland, and Todd uh, agreed to write the limerick for uh, the bride. And let me just say, there's uh, Forever in Love, they told me, is like their song, so I work that in so you understand what that means who, at the end. Who sings Forever in Love? That I'm not sure, but it's a song called Forever in Love, and hmm. it sounded very important to their relationship. Okay. Oh. All right. Forever in Love is by Kenny G. Oh. That's a wedding I want to Wait, hit. does he sing? I think he plays music. Yeah, he did. He did a saxophone or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Once upon a time at the mall, <laughs> Tiffany worked with Steve, but that wasn't all. Though they spent time apart, they knew to follow their heart. Forever in love, they would fall. Very thoughtful. Very nice. Very sweet. Kenny G. I don't know if I can name a Kenny G song. They sort of sound the same. I mean, obviously he's very talented, but I didn't Kanye hire Kenny G on Valentine's Day a couple of years ago for uh, Kim Kardashian <laughs> that he filled up an entire room full of roses and then had Kenny G in the room playing saxophone. Like the whole night? No, no, just at some point Kenny when G she left. came in. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> but I think she came in and it was full of roses and Kenny Kenny G. <laughs> I can't name a Kenny G song. Does he have one major song? Yes. Yes? I have no idea what no. it is either. Okay. I'm sure he does. Okay. Do you know what it is, Seton? Uh, no, I don't, unfortunately. Okay. Todd, you should know Kenny G. I know. I don't know what to call the songs. It's just all instrumental stuff. Thank you, Todd. Final hour coming up. <laughs> Carson Palmer will join us. The trade value of Baker Mayfield is what? 